millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. to another edition of Rule the Roost podcast. I'm your host, Tottenham Twitter, and I say, potch out. Joining me this week is Mr. Raj Baines. How are you doing, Raj? I'm not too bad to yourself. Yeah, good, thank you, mate. Loving it, loving life. Um, yeah, it's a bit, a bit enthusiastic for you, this. I know, I know, but I feel like I've got to claim it back, you know, because I was, again, replaced last week, so I need to show the people what they've been missing. Um, you weren't replaced. You were just uh, un- unavailable yourself. You can only blame your own busyness and schedule for yeah. your, your lack of appearance. I, I, th- I think it was the you not answering my calls, not responding to my WhatsApp messages, um, and such. But you know, don't worry. I'll, uh, I've got I've still got irons in the fire. I don't even know why I do. And I don't know what I'm talking about, but uh, I should probably introduce Mr. Sebastian, who I, I understand that he still doesn't like that, but it's going to stick. Sebastian Stafford-Bloor, how are you doing, Sebastian? I'm doing good, mate. I'm doing good. I uh, Moving ever closer to going home. House is nearly finished. Happiness will soon return. Have we? Are we going behind the curtain a bit here? I don't know if we've actually spoken about the, the renovations taking place at all, mate. This might throw people. Well, we have a little bit, but more than anything else, I want to have a kind of, I want to have a little bit of a moan about something, and th- this is a really good forum for that. Okay. I um. So basically, for for people that this is why people fast forward the first ten minutes. No, I mean, this is why people. <laughs> this is why people download the podcast. Um, I, I've got builders in my house at the moment, and they they kind of um they obviously go in and out of the out of the um the flat, and to do that, they have to go through this sort of the common parts. Which over the last few weeks has caused a little bit of a uh, little bit of mess on the car- on the communal part carpet. So I was leaving my flat today, and uh, I ran into one of the little residency committee Hitlers that that lives around, and um, and I, I must have I, I, was, I was going out the door, and I must have been lectured for about twenty minutes by this sort of little five foot one Napoleon type character about sort of how my how my builders conduct themselves and why they must yeah hoover the carpet every half a day or something and 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 that that's fine because that's kind of what i expect from these people but and i don't know if you guys have experienced this this woman when she spoke to me she wouldn't look me in the eye her eyes would sort of it was like a scene from the exorcist her eyes would kind of go right her, her pupils would go right to the top of her eyes and sort of look about two foot over my head. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird when you get that. Or, or people when they kind of tilt their head in a diagonal direction and, and just 
look to like the corner of the room and you, you, you wonder really who or what they're talking to. I always think, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know, she's sort of you know, lecturing me about... You know, oh, is this know. when you find out that she's blind or something? And No, 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 mate. Well, if she was blind, she wouldn't have been able to see the dust on the carpet. She walks like, around with this fucking white stick and a dog everywhere. Dog. Like, you know, <laughs> silly but, cow. Oh, it does my head in. You're just you're thinking, look, I, you know, it's so unnecessary to create that kind of hostility in a in a block of flats, and yet people invariably do. You give someone give someone a little bit of power, and they abuse it, they and then they don't look you in the eye when they do it either. So this could be a one man radio for play. It's got all the ingredients <laughs> for you to get a decent half an hour out of this, and you know, play the characters. Not to uh, not to typecast, but I don't mind typecasting against this demographic because they've seemingly typecasted in the uh, lead up to this election. Uh, have any of your builders had a, a good old chat about you, Kip, so on and so forth, in your presence at all, Seb? No, but I was um, I was going to the flat today, and I um, there was a, a you know you know how people mount sort of election posters outside their home. <laughs> yeah, well, I saw a. Um, a slightly flagging UKIP one about five minutes from my house. And I just thought, eh, didn't think we were that kind of area. But uh-huh. apparently there's, um, yeah, there's some uh, latent UKIP. You've been flying that flag all election as well, haven't you, Bangs? The UKIP. The yeah, purple, yeah, the yeah, purple yeah, yeah. And I love it. We were yeah, actually, uh, when, when, uh, when me and my mum and my dad um, were in the queue in the uh, polling station, um, as I often like to do, is wind up the people around me and make them feel uncomfortable. Um, there was a poster on the side of the wall, and I sort of tapped Dad and I went, oh, they've only got UKIP. Where's BMP? These don't go far enough. I want them out. And my mum was, like, shushing us, and Dad was pissing himself. But we do that that sort of thing all the time, all the way through the uh, through the polling station, just because people like looking at us like, oh, does he realise what he's saying? And, but, yeah, it was, um, that was an amusing day, wasn't it? Fucking... Election day. That was that, that was an evening I could have done without staying up to witness. It was like being a volunteer to be repeatedly punched in the face for about ten hours of your evening. It was, it was just staying up to get kicked in the bollocks, wasn't it? Really. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh... This is going to shit, and I want to witness every last second of it. Um, I like uh, I like us going a bit hashtag politics on this. So this is this is quite good. And I, I you know I I I. I Honestly, you know, I, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to really offend anyone um, that that has voted UKIP. But you know, if you did, just, I do. Just, you just, voted UKIP. Yeah. No, 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 no I was just to say, like, hey, I don't want to offend you. I'd, I'd rather you just kind of like, you know, died or something. So, do you uh, remember that time the uh, the UKIP councillor started tweeting us questions for the podcast, and we just talked about fuck off. <laughs> if you still listen, you fucking right wing racist cunt, get the. Fuck off my podcast. That was quite weird, that. Because that, I think he was actually... I think he was actually... Was he, wasn't he, he like, tweeting you directly, Raj? Like, yeah, he tweeted me directly afterwards. Like, Because um, he, he, I think he must have got the impression that it was me rather than you who told him to go away. And I'm yeah. <laughs> glad that he did. It could have been one of the two of us, to be fair. I think I texted you before and to ask you if you minded. No, I, I remember <laughs> I liked that. And I, it was just a case of, need you even ask, my friend? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we, we took him to task and then he came my way afterwards. And he went, was this you by any chance? I went, what gave it away? The fact that I'm fucking brown. <laughs> you should have said, I don't know what you're talking about, mate. I don't know who you are. 
Yeah, carry on fighting the good fight. Yeah, brother. Um, <laughs> brother, yeah. That was, <laughs> yeah, that was the idea, um, yeah, so, uh, well, for the whole two, three of you that are still listening after the opening 10 minutes, or, well, no, this is when people start listening, is it? You skip the first 10 minutes. So, welcome to Rule the Roost podcast. I'm your host, <laughs> um, Tottenham Twitter, and I say Pochettino out. Um, so, Stoke City, I, I, let's not devote too much time to this. Everyone looks a bit knackered. Um, if, okay, if I'm going to be Tottenham Twitter personified, right, why the fuck are our results slipping off so drastically, lads? Because, you know, we saw this happen with Juan de Ramos. We won the cup and then <laughs> he couldn't get the, the, the team fucking psyched up for the rest of the season. And then the next season came along and look what happened. So, should we just get rid of him now, Raj? That is a worryingly better point than I thought you were going to make. But, uh, no, I think the case... This is, is something I've actually seen, like, echoed throughout Twitter this week. I've not actually seen the one they're oh, on comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the first time, time I've had it brought up, and it, there are parallels there. I think, and, um, I think there may or may not be a hashtag. That's unconfirmed, but I think there's some <laughs> kind of new Ramos-type hashtag doing the rounds, but... Excellent. Yeah. Um, but um, no, um, the worry would be, of course, that uh, if you get into the to the mentality of being losers and not properly fighting for games and and giving up and perhaps you know rolling over uh, against sides, then you will take that form into the following season. There is that that thinking that is there, it is present, and it is it has been borne out several times previously. So it isn't completely idiotic. However, I think the 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 you know the the cases of both sides in their forms as it is as present is is completely different. I think our, our team at the moment they have made you know clear div- divisions between who is going to be there next season and who isn't. So the fact that those players aren't playing or aren't in the squad or aren't even being offered a chance to come on is just a real understanding of the fact that that they are now on the for sale list. The fact that players like Christian Eriksen are playing so many more minutes than everybody else, and and Harry Kane looks a bit more tired now because he's it's his first full season at the top flight. It's you know it's Bentleb's playing really well, but that's because he's probably the most special one out of all of them. Mason's flagging a bit now. We've we've said previously his injuries won't help. Again, it's his first season fully in the Premier League. We've got that all the way across the board, and we've got an extremely unsettled defence. There's injuries everywhere. Kyle Walker's not there. We started the game with four centre-backs on the weekend, although given his performance, perhaps it's a bit kind calling <laughs> Kirikesh a defender. Um, <laughs> even though I do like him, um, he, he was atrocious, though. He's a very nice footballer. Yeah, if we if we do talk about Kirikesh, I imagine people would, would want us to discuss him given his red card and his uh, abysmal showing. My feeling towards him is, given that he, he, the way in which he joined the club, the fact that he pretty much came into the squad straight away and was a first-team player and was actually doing really well, and then injury sort of curtailed that and took him away. And ever since then, he's been a bit part player. There's that video of him getting pissed, which I don't think is you know, relevant whatsoever. I think that's just him enjoying his time, perhaps the wrong way for a professional sportsman while he's in his uh, own country. But uh, while he was, you know, injured and, and while he was trying to get back into the side, that's never really happened for him again. So he's not been able to refine his form with any sort of consistency. And it's a similar sort of thing to, to what I've been saying about Ben Davies over the past few weeks is if you don't allow these players to test themselves over a long period of time, then they're not really going to sh- be able to show their, their best form 
Um, there is that thinking there, of course, should you be out of the side and you're fully fit and you're fully motivated to, to try and give your all for the club, then you will perform to the best of your abilities um, when your chance finally comes and try and grab it with both hands and whatnot. But sometimes that doesn't work for certain players. Certain players react in, in different ways. And while I'm not trying to defend him too much, I think he will be a fantastic player. Perhaps that player might not be seen at Tottenham because there there will be interest elsewhere because people are aware of how good he was when he first joined and how good he was before he had joined. And he, he's got that Champions League experience and captain of his country and whatnot, and he's still fairly young. So he's a player that, that could well move on to, to somewhere actually quite decent and he may well refind his form once he's given the chance to. So it's it's perhaps one where he's, he's not just going to fit at the club because we will prioritise the likes of Eric Dyer and perhaps yeah. players like Fazio will be happier to drop in and out of the side. So by no means is this result in itself a shock at all because it is just a culmination of every fault that we have been seeing slowly dripping into the season as it has progressed has just all come to a head at once and that's that's no real surprise for me. It's just the the case of this, this squad is overworked. This season has, has overrun due to our... Europa League commitments and and cup runs that we've had, so it's um it's just taken a lot out of us, and I'm not not downhearted by that at all because there will be a chance perhaps next year for us to to try and put that right and prioritise different competitions if that is the way in which the the manager wants to go. I think the thing I find most bizarre about the kind of neurosis around Tottenham Twitter, as it were, is how people will just willingly neglect obvious facts in the respect of like players like Christian Eriksen, who is now by large kind of circles deemed to be shit or a fraud and stuff. But people just seem to neglect the fact that he doesn't, number one, he doesn't really have any true competition at the moment. And this is something you guys spoke about last week. Um, and also just the fact he, he's fucking worked himself into the ground this season. You know, he really has. And we've seen him when he was kind of, you know, when he he hit his stride, and when he, he, he obviously had a lot left in the tank, as it were, he was fucking amazing for us. He was bossing that midfield. Like, you know, a shit footballer and also like a chancer doesn't fucking mug off Matic like he did in that 5-3 game. Like, he absolutely fucking pulled Matic this way and, you know, that in that game. And Matic is a, is a truly exceptional player. So you can see in Christian Eriksen, there's a, there's a hell of a lot there, but I just, I, I can't understand it. It, I, I just, I don't know. It's, it's hard to fathom. It's, is it some kind of like deeply rooted part of the human condition whereby people just don't want to accept that one of these young kind of players aren't totally infallible? You know, because Christian Eriksen, don't, don't get me wrong, he's been appalling for the past month or so. But the lad is clearly just running on fumes, isn't he? But people don't people don't want to accept that. And it's it's not even this case of like, you know, OK, you know, if, if you know, a lot of people have said he's world class, he's going to be as good as Modric, he's this, he's that. They, they don't even take the notch down from that. They don't say, OK, so maybe people got a bit swept up in this sentiment. And maybe we need to take a step back and say, maybe, you know, he's he's not at that level yet, but he's shown glimpses of that. He's a bit tired. He needs a bit more competition. But, you know, let's, let's give him the rest of the season now to just kind of play it out, see what happens, and then take next season afresh. 
it's it's just his no. He's a disgrace. He shouldn't be in our shirt. We should fucking sell him. It's a typical Baldini. This is, you know, it just it it, it wears you out. Does that, I mean, you were saying something similar as well, Seb. Like, you know, this. I think it was you and Wendy chatting about it. It's just like you, you kind of you lose the will to actually argue yeah. this kind of stuff anymore, don't you? And it, it, I just, I, I, I don't know. I can't subscribe to that to that way of thinking. And it, it's the same with Eric Lamella. It's not just kind of, you know. We've spent thirty million on him, and yeah, fair enough. We haven't had a decent return on that investment yet, but he's clearly a decent enough player, and he's clearly, clearly improving. Um, whatever level you think he's at at the moment, if you don't think he's actually improving, then you know you're you're not giving the lad a chance, and you're not watching him properly. Um, but at the same time, it's like it, it, it's just this mindset of sell him. That's it, you know, get him out, get him out of the squad. Well. Why? What's the point? You know, why wouldn't you just hold on to a, a young player that the club and a lot of other clubs really did fancy? And he, he has smashed it before with Roma. So why not just hang on to him? There's no desperate need to sell him. He's got years left on his contract. And the amount we'll get this summer, we'd probably get next summer were we to sell him. So I don't know. Just There's no, there's no gamble there. There's no risk keeping him on the books. I've kind of gone from one player to the other, but you know, I think they the same are, point. I think the point the point fits with all of those players though. And um yeah, Chris and I were um Chris Miller and I were, were talking about um you know, by the time you get to May, uh your ability to fight this kind of um stuff just isn't there anymore. It's one of those things we go, Okay, well, I can handle it uh, August through February and I I've got the heart to sort of beat down your alarmist 90 minute revisionism but i i see it more now with i mean i've kind of grown a tolerance to to the lamella thing because i think that i mean jack's right in the in the sense that you know people people who people who don't acknowledge the improvement in him really don't want to see the improvement in him because it's so pronounced and so obvious that you know it's being willfully ignored if 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 if, if you don't want to if you don't want to sort of um recognize the level he, he's, he's got to, but I see it a lot with Ryan Mason now. And the, the latest thing has been to absolutely hammer him for everything he does on the pitch. You know, I just, it's sad when, when you think of, he's been in, he's been a first team regular for what, four months and or maybe five. Um, and the last three or four weeks, he's been really, really poor. But for some people that seems to negate everything that happened previously. It seems to be a whitewash and everything that's happened to this point. And you're already hearing the big shouty, well, he'll never be better than this or he'll he'll never be more than that to Tottenham. But take it from me as someone that I'm not saying that Ryan Mason will ever be, will ever occupy the same space that Harry Kane does with Tottenham fans now. But I remember every time I watched Harry Kane play up until this season, he looked hopeless to me. Um and I wrote as much many times, even when he broke into the team, I thought he was a kind of, he was a product of um, the, the the sort of lesser level of the Europa League. And that had the effect of kind of amplifying what he really was. And honestly, learn the lesson. I mean, you, you, you can't, you can't judge a young player on a single season or you can't say because of one bad month, that he's not going to amount to anything. And, and really, you can't make these definitive statements about what a player is going to be. And that applies to Lamella, that applies to Mason, um, and it applies to 
any number of other players, Ericsson as well, who, you know, as Jack said, it, it just has been thrown under the bus by a group of fans that, you know, loved every touch he had on the ball for, for about three months but before and after Christmas. And it's just, um, yeah, you can hear it in my voice. I, I just, when we get to August, I'll pick it up again and I'll, you know, <laughs> uh, I'll happily you know, pick up my pitchfork and torch and, you know, go after these people a little bit more. But I just, um, if you want to think like that, if 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 you want to, if you your football fandom is going to be um, based on a week to week summation of what you've seen on Match of the Day or at White Hart Lane, then go ahead because there's just there's no there's no way of rationalising, there's no way of intelligently discussing that viewpoint, really. It's um, it buys into that fickle nature of football fandom, yeah. though, doesn't it? The, yeah. the fact that. People do judge him on a weekly basis, and I remember there's an interview with Kevin Sinfield where he says as much. Where as a, as a professional sportsman, you don't get judged, you know, at the end of the season. If you're in a an office job, you may have an appraisal, you know, half a year here, half a year there, or what have you. Um, but as a professional sportsman, you get judged on a weekly basis every time you enter a field. Um, no matter what's gone before, you're either the best possible player there or the worst possible player there. You know, you're only as good as your last performance, and the only the only sort of analogy I could offer for, for how perhaps a season may well be treated is imagine like an F1 race where for the first 60 laps you're going hell for leather trying to get it round and you don't much care for the you know the wear and tear of your car because you'll have time to put it back together again and still mark a comeback and there's still time there. But once you get to the last few laps and you, you know, are 10 seconds or something behind the pack in front of you and you know you can't catch them anymore are you going to drive the car so fast you may well break it or are you going to bring it home in one piece and just sort of do it in the most you know sensible manner possible and although football fans don't want to see that although they don't want to be as cynical as to see their side sort of fun in for a few weeks in reality that is what they're going to do that's that's their natural reaction to having nothing to play for and the fact that they're doing that is is obviously disappointing to some level but it shouldn't be a surprise it shouldn't be something that they weren't expecting because it happens to every side in every respect i mean look at bayern munich they haven't they haven't won a league game since they won the league in in germany and they're so much better than every side in that league it is it's not because they've suddenly gone to shit it's not because they've got injuries because they were still winning games before with half a squad it's purely because they've got nothing to play for in that league anymore they have achieved everything they possibly can so why would they push themselves to that level anymore and the same can can sort of be said as for, for Tottenham although in a completely different set of circumstances and you know I can only stress that of course as a fan that is disappointing to see you don't want to devote your two hours or however long it takes to actually go to Stoke and come back again to see them perform so poorly because that is not what you expect as a fan but perhaps if you're slightly more pragmatic and and look at the bigger picture slightly rather than them focusing on the one result, it um it makes slightly more sense than it may well do otherwise. It's, it's, it's true what you say though, mate. Like it, it, it kind of is. It's just on a it, and it's not an excuse, but it is. It's just that acceptance on a purely human level. There are a lot of these guys that probably you know it, it, people don't want to accept it, but it is to these guys just a job. And to a lot of these guys, they probably are just in that point now where they're like. Can't really be asked to be honest. Like, what's the difference now? 
really. And I mean, this is the thing. It's like as much as we talk about talent, and we and you can you can kind of chastise players that waste talent, and you know players who probably perform at a higher level than their talent dictates that they should. You know, you, you, if you go down. As an example, off the very top of my head, someone like Nicky Butt, for example, who was playing in like one of the best Man United teams of all time, um, much down to like his drive, his determination, his what have you. Yeah, a very like he was a, he was a fine enough footballer, but he wasn't on the same level as the likes of Skulls and Giggs, so on and so forth. But it was his mentality that kind of pushed him forwards, and you see this with the likes of Gareth Bale, for example. It's kind of he's he's one of those players where. It's that mentality that makes a difference. And unfortunately, you know, not every single player has that mentality whereby they want to chase every single game and they want to win every single point, much in the same way that most people, really, if we're going to get a bit happy-clappy about it, you know, sometimes people just go through the motions and it's what happens. So, you know, it, it, it is, like you say, it's not to take away from the fact people go to Stoke, they pay a lot of money, so on and so forth, but at the same time, like guys, come um, by no means yeah. belittling that either. No, there's, no. there's no, there's no reason that you shouldn't want to go and support your side either. I mean, we've said previous numerous times previously, if we had the the the, the means to fiscally support ourselves and be able to do that for 38 games a season, we would. But it's just a, 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 a an issue of circumstance of course, rather than but, anything else. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm going to be honest, and I'm going to get shit for this, but I really don't care because it's something that really bothers me. Like, there is this fucking mentality that's been kind of accrued by a lot of football supporters, whereby they think that attending, and it is good, it is very good. I'm not, I'm again, I'm not belittling people that go out of their way to to go to matches and so on and so forth. I wish I had the the, the fiscal means to do this, um, but at the same time, lads. You go into a football match, you're going out with your mates, you're having a few beers, you're having a laugh, you're singing songs. You're not a fucking martyr, for fuck's sake. And there is this mentality now whereby I pay my money and I go to this game and I expect better. It's like, it's fucking, it's entertainment. If, if it's that much of a chore for you to do this, don't go, you know, just don't go. Don't, you, you don't deserve to be canonised for the fact you're going to do something that is in essence fun. And that's what it's supposed to be. Yet it, there seems to be this cult and this strange kind of, I don't know, this this like armor. It's almost it's almost people... like a religious level of blind faith, isn't well, it? Precisely. When you, support a football club. you know, of and like you know, all of us are, all yeah. of us have done it at one time or another ourselves as well. Mm. Yeah. Fall into the trap of believing I, perhaps when you shouldn't. Oh, I, I, I was like that. I mean, I I am in season take older for a few years now, but I disgrace. Was like that when it... Why are you doing a podcast then, mate? Do you think you know better than people that go to games? Yeah. But I, I, I was, I was like, I mean, I was, um, I was in my early twenties when I was, and um, and there is that kind of, you do get that faux um, superiority as a result, which now I look back and I realise it was bollocks. But it's a weird thing. You, you just, um, I don't know. I think, I think you lose a little bit of context. You kind of, you stop because you pay so much money and because you you know, you dedicate so much time to it and you, you ultimately, you know, season tickets not cheap and you are, you are sacrificing something for the sake of, of going to Tottenham every week. I think you, you feel entitled to that superiority. So I'm not sure whether it's something that you feel or whether it's something you feel you're owed. I, I'm not sure, but it's, it's definitely there and I understand it. And I, but I, I don't know, from my perspective, it, it doesn't really make a difference. I, I feel the same fan that I did when I was still going. 
um, you know, and before I was able to go. I mean, it's 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 kind of amounts to to, to very little actually. Um, well, I think we've probably you're, you're, you're going to have a fun week on Twitter. I know, Jack, I was after that, we <laughs> boiled enough piss for that segment. Um, <laughs> But can, can, can I add something on the stroke yeah. game? Because I, I don't really want to talk about the actual game. Because well, why would we? But I, <laughs> I um three nil three oh, fucking Charlie Adam. If, if if there's a Tottenham player out there in one of these games who just wants to go through the back of Charlie Adam, I will support oh. him. I'll write article after article in in, in sport because I am um, I never want to see a, a professional player get hurt. But Charlie Adam has taken liberty after liberty. Um with his fellow players over the years. Nah, he's vile. He's, he's... He is. And, and the, 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 that old kind of accent, maxim about, oh, he's not that kind of player. He absolutely is that kind of player. Um, and I don't know. I, when uh, Kirikas was on his yellow card, I, I knew he was going to get sent off. And I just thought, you've got a booking left, lad. Why not? <laughs> just fucking smack Charlie Adam in the just, face. I, 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 I quite yeah. want to see Charlie Adam and Alan Hutton have a bare-knuckle box-up. Oh, oh, I, I, just... I, reckon, I, reckon Adam would, I reckon Adam would smash him up. I oh, I take he, I think he's quite... Do you reckon, oh, I don't know. I think Adam's quite hard. As much as I hate him, I reckon he can handle it. No, Adam, Adam's just fat and heavy, so when he mistimes a tackle... He mistimes tackles because he's too slow to get there in time. Um... Hutton's a nasty player, whereas Adam wants to be nastier than he probably is. But he's just—he's nasty in this kind of, you know, you know, when you're in the playground and and there's always the fat kid who who can't run very fast. So instead of doing anything, he kicks people. Hello, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know him well. I know yeah, him well. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, Charlie Adams like that. I mean, he, he's a sort of middle of the road footballer. And I, 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 his sort of repeated assaults on Gareth Bale just reeked of, well, you can't get close to him playing within the rules, so you're just going to hack at him. Oh, man, that fucking... That, when he actually... Because he, he, he actually broke Modric's leg or fractured it, didn't he, as uh, well? He, yeah, what he... he, he he's, his, his track record is um, his victim list. Modric, Bale Polinio. a couple of times, Polinio... Probably a couple of others. I don't know. I think but... Walker, perhaps, maybe once or something. That's Chuck Carl Walker in there too. It's maybe. I mean, no everyone, one's everyone do... breaks Carl Walker, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Chuck, yeah. Carl Walker is quite malleable. Um, but I, I just can't stand him. I just, I, and I, I'm not even joking. I just, I, I find it once or twice. It's a coincidence, but too many, too many times we, we we've seen him. Yeah, he's he's also, a reckless footballer. I also re- refuse to believe that he's younger than me. He looks about 45, Charlie Adam. uh... Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss. Um, that's what life of special brew and pastry will do to you, though. Um, Paper round in Baghdad, that lad, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> that's got a good saying, that. Um... Right, let's do some list of questions, shall we? Do you want to do that? <laughs> this is the saddest podcast we've ever recorded. No, let's not even bother talking about how. Who cares? We'll beat them or we'll lose. We'll probably beat them, I reckon. <laughs> Hashtag analysis. Actually. Yeah, exactly. Now, now you said that, we're most likely going to draw. I can't remember his name, but I follow this whole lad who was actually tearing into Huddlestone the other day as well, saying how, what a shit season he's had. They can see why Spurs fans actually didn't like him in the end. Apparently, like he, you know, he'd uh, he obviously endeared himself to him last year, but now he's kind of more comfortable there. They're just like he, he gives less of a shit. Is passing slack. He blah 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 blah. Most of the kind of things that we say about him, to be honest, um, on his day he's great, but most of the time he doesn't give a shit. So you know. Yeah, his, his his issue isn't to do with talent whatsoever. His attitude is what stinks. Yeah, it is, which is a shame because he's a he's a he's a he's a he's a beautiful footballer on his days. Tommy Ellison. Some of that passing is a joy to behold, um, and it, the way he strikes a ball. I know it's very uh, it's very Andy Townsend, but it's it, it's just it's glorious. He it is very pure ball striker, isn't he? Yeah. It's beautiful to watch, but that is the only thing he does. So. Um, so let's have a little look at some of these list questions because we've got fucking shitloads of list of questions this week, which is quite good. Can you do the uh, less serious ones, please? Leave the serious ones yeah, to, yeah. to one side. Yeah, okay. I like this one actually from Nick Hill. Um, you should follow him actually at Nick Hill Siglani. Um, Nick Hill underscore Siglani. Um, he says, compare each member of Rule the Roost to a member of Spurs' current squad. Who is who? Sebs Friedel. <laughs> I was gonna actually. I was gonna be not. I was gonna say Seb's Larice because he's kind of you know, he's classy. He's 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 prone to the odd gaff here and there. You know, every but now and again, every now and again. But he's still he's he's a classy lad. He's a hard worker. He's very good. But that's probably me blind smoke up Seb's ass. So. <laughs> Let's go, no, Friedel. Let's Brad go, Friedel. Yeah. You you got to justify that, Raj. You got to give it some kind of. Um... Yeah, he's just going to say old. That's it. So don't don't invite him. Oh yeah, yourself, I walked mate. into that, haven't I? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, okay. Just don't don't invite it. Don't invite it. Okay. What's who's Baines? Let's, let's, let's... That's a good one. Yeah, who is Baines? It's quite interesting, actually. Uh... I, I would say I, I'm I'm going to say, and this is this is me also blowing smoke up Baines's ass. You know, I I think Baines is Eric Lamella in that he he divides opinion. But people who are actually smart can see that he's brilliant. There we go. Well, I'm going to go Vertonghen. Because... Because <laughs> yeah. I have a terrible attitude. Yeah, because he's a big moody <laughs> prick. <laughs> a bit surly. Classy, but surly. And has that kind of... Has that sort of same... Um, I'm not sure what it is, but it has that sort of same attitude towards people beneath him. <laughs> you, can, you can see him, Vertonghen. You can see the way Vertonghen sneers when he's on a football pitch at people who who don't quite have the same amount of talent as he does, and um, that's got a, a, a Bainesian quality, I think. Lack of patience and <laughs> yes, people exactly. skills. Yeah. <laughs> who, who, who would you? Right, who would you say you are, though, Seb? And who would you say you are, Baines? If we're oh no, because then then you open yourself up to some sort no, of psycho really cool. cycle. Yeah. No, it doesn't matter. Come on, do it. 
Oh, well, I would have gone the Reese, but I don't know. That's only really because I used to play in goal when I played. So, or because you're arrogant, so you know. There you go. Yeah, that's, mix, uh... mixture of the both. I'll take that. That's okay. <laughs> what about you, Rose? Um, I'd probably go for Dembele because I don't try nearly as often <laughs> as much as I should. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> I think we share the same attitude towards hard work. I, I don't know that, mate. You seem like a pretty hard worker. I disguise it well. Okay. I might... Um, you, you... Jack's had it by all. <laughs> <laughs> it's like some Togolese. I, I take offence to that, mate. <laughs> no, it's, it's because I can imagine you falling out with someone over a beanie hat. Probably, yeah. I, I, I also wouldn't mind saying Soldado because it's kind of like looking back on former glories, wondering what went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, I'll, I'll, I probably would fall out with someone over a beanie hat, to be honest. Pretty sure you I probably haven't, haven't forgotten about it. I'm trying to think about... I've fallen out with... I've fallen out with a, a friend of mine over, over. Um, he, he made fun of the fact that I was deliberating whether or not I should put <laughs> butter or cheese on naan bread once when I was stoned. Um, and he thought it ridiculous that I would put cheese on a naan bread. And yeah, it's ridiculous. It. That is quite ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. See, don't, don't set me off again, lads, because I'll do what I want, all right? It's quite nice a bit of melted <laughs> cheese on a naan bread, yeah? Um, but yeah, I fell out of him over that. So that was that's something I've fallen out with someone about. So. I feel like falling out with you over that myself. Yeah, yeah. You don't put cheese on an arm bread. Bit of cheese. You can even you can even buy cheesy arm bread in like Greg's and stuff. <laughs> that's the establishment. I don't wish I don't wish to comment seeing my national cuisine taken to the dogs like this. What Greg's? <laughs> you are northern after all, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so we've gotten we've gotten that one out of the way. So thanks, Nick. You should also follow Nick. He's a he's a good lad. Good lad. Hashtag decent bloke. Jesus, are you on, are you on commission? I am, mate. I am. Commissioned in retweets. That's what keeps me going, mate. Keeps the ego going. Keeps the ego alive. Um, we have had. <laughs> this is quite funny. We've had one from uh, Spooky Mulder, who says, oh, <laughs> I like this." Are, uh, are old white British men ever going to stop claiming all of our problems will be solved by reverting to 442? <laughs> 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 Quite simply, no. <laughs> That's an outstanding question. It really is. It's... I think he's offered his own answer within his own question. Yeah, though. a little bit, yeah. I really like that one. Okay, yeah, I, it, 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 this is another hashtag decent bloke. Connor Kelly... At Connor Pat Kelly. Um, good man, Connor Kelly. Yeah, he's a good lad, isn't he? Yeah. He just started if you ever buy anything off him, he'll, he'll throw you in a free dog as well if you wanting to get anything from him. No, it's, don't it's, do that. It's an in-joke. Don't do that. <laughs> no, no, Connor's a good lad. No, he's part of... Uh, he's Irish, isn't he? He is Irish, but he um, he he's, uh, he does a, a, a podcast called The Final Third. Um, no, no plugs to rival podcasts. So. No, because they have me on every now and again. Oh, so they're, they're, kind of, they're, they're a cross promotion. I've never had an invite. Really. The owl brand increases. No, no, no. We, we, well, actually, the owl brand's been disbanded. It's been it? killed off. Yeah, it's dead. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he says anyway. Favorite Spurs player ever? There's a few yeah. candidates for me. I mean, I, I used to love Teddy Sheringham when I was a kid. I mean, Robbie Keane. I used to love a lot until the whole Liverpool thing happened. But 
really unquestionably in my lifetime. It's Ledley. It's got to be Ledley. I love that man. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree. Yeah. Um, I often have an argument with people because when people often ask for your favourite of something, they don't ask for your favourite. They ask for what you think is the best. And for me, they're two entirely separate questions. But favourite is is down to personal choice, isn't it? And who you've loved the most. And for me, it's always going to be Ledley King because I don't think we're ever going to see anybody like that in a Tottenham shirt ever again, unfortunately. Honest to God, at his testimonial, like I, I when he actually, when he went off the pitch because he came off about sixty-five minutes in, and he did his like clap, and everyone was standing up. I, I, I was actually welling up. I, I genuinely had tears in my eyes, and that makes me soft, and so on and so forth. That doesn't make you like, soft at all. Oh, no, that, that's it, fair enough. It was just there. I was just like, this is Ledley. Like this is like this this lad. Like I've, I've idolised this guy from being a kind of like kid to yeah. he, he soon moved from boy to man did Ledley and uh he just he gave such a shit uh, uh, we we've done a whole pod before talking about Ledley episode 26 if you want to listen to it um but, oh, nicely done I like yeah, that yeah it was uh pre-planned oh, excellent after we had a whole lot of montage and everything at the start it was pretty glorious pod that one wasn't it Baines I can't remember to be honest it's how long ago <laughs> There's, there's, nothing, there's nothing soft about getting um, getting emotional over Ledley. I remember um, when I watched back that that um, that game up the Etihad, the Champions League qualifying game. Uh, I mean, everyone remembers the goal and everyone remembers sort of the saves that Gomez made um, and the sort of the general performance. But like Ledley, that was one of his best performances in a Tottenham shirt. He was outstanding, and it's just like you think about what he put himself through to be on that pitch. Um, in general, week to week, it, it, it's incredible, and it, he—he's what a captain was supposed to be, um, as a person, but also as a player. And he just, yeah, that I—I'm I, I, one of the reasons why, kind of, he's so special is because it's quite a privilege to have someone like that attached to Tottenham, because not every especially club... when you when you point out that game as well, and you realise that he never really got to play in any of the yeah. Champions League games afterwards. It um, reminds you of that proverb that um was a, a society grows great when old men plant trees who shade they will never sit in yeah it's um, that sort of thing yeah. isn't it well do you know sorry i'm, I'm not, genuinely not just saying this to be like oh, i met ledley but when i did actually meet ledley king uh, i got to watch the uefa cup game um in the box with him at, at Leon. oh wow charlotte, yeah charlotte won like this charity auction thing and uh so the, the prize was to watch the game in the box with ledley king and a few other people um, and people were kind of, you know, just asking all the standard questions, so on and so forth. And uh, they were saying, like, you know, what's the uh, what's the best ground you've ever played in then, Ledley? And he was like, oh, I don't know really. Well, Wembley's up there. Obviously, I won't say White Hart Lane because we, and everyone sort of had a chuckle at that. And he was like, probably Wembley or like Old Trafford, I guess, or something. Mm. And people were like, but didn't you play in the San Siro, though? And he was like, nope, I was injured. Yeah. Like, I swear he played at the Bernabeu. I was like, no, I was injured. And you could just, you could actually see him. It was, it was really uncomfortable. It was really horrible to see. And it actually, it makes, oh, it was just, it was so horrible being in that room because you could tell every, everyone just felt his pain at that point. You could see it and you could just see the disappointment. He couldn't even mask it. It was just all over his face of just like, fuck, you know, like, please stop asking me this shit, you know? 
Uh, and it was just, it was really, I know, you know, it was really horrible to see. And then kind of everyone took it back to a bit of banter about faces and China whites and all that kind of crap. But, it, you know, there must be those moments where you just think for the lad, like, this is a guy that, yeah, he easily could have played and probably would have gone on to play for United or for Munich or Milan or someone like that and fucking won the Champions League and stuff because he genuinely was that good. But He was the best oh. English defender of his generation. And I, I, it's um, it's a tragedy, Ledley King. I mean, I, that, like you say, Jack, the irony is, had he been free of injury, um, he probably wouldn't have spent his entire career at Tottenham. But, you know, it, we let him down, really, in a way, because for him not to have more medals, injury or no injury, is, is a travesty. If you look at some of the centre-halves in this country that have, you know, got mantelpieces full of silverware, and he's got fuck all, really. I mean, he's won the peace cup. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's won the Carlin just, Cup. Yeah, true. He deserves so much better than we gave him. Did were he in the first Carlin Cup squad in '99? No, no, he wasn't. He was in. He was in obviously the second, but he, um, I, you know, for, for someone of that caliber to have a League Cup winners medal, and that's it. I wrote a little piece actually about Lady King, and it was in. The third final oh, in, um, in the fanzine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I read that. You, uh, I'll give those go give those lads a plug, um, and inadvertently give myself a plug. So go and read it. Raj wrote some shit as well, but you know you don't have to read that. <laughs> no, <laughs> you should read it. You should read it. It's a very good one as well. Um, they've got a new one coming out soon as well. Somebody so. actually asked us a question about bare knuckle boxing. Um, really? I hadn't realised before. I, yeah, actually, that's weird. That maybe I like half skimmed it and didn't realise. But um, his question, Jed Maxwell, um, says, if you could watch two of the current squad fighting each other in a round of bare knuckle boxing, who would it be? I'm trying to think about who's. Do we have any like genuine hard men in this team? I'm not sure we do really. No, we don't, and that's kind no. of we've stumbled into a bit of an issue there as well. Where that's something, true. Something we could probably we, do with. Kapoo could probably handle himself. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. Kabul okay. could probably handle himself. Yeah, uh, Kabul would get injured. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> climbing into the ring. Yeah. Made of quavers, isn't he? As I say. But, um... <laughs> I'd like to see Friedel against Mason because it'd be like you know when like an old time boxer steps out of retirement when he shouldn't against some young plucky great. And I'd like to see that because I don't think Ryan Mason can hit him enough to actually hurt him. And it'll be a case of whether or not Brad Friedel can knock him out or not. So that'd be a, a tempting one for me. Mason's one of those lads, I reckon, that he would he would, he would would have a fight of anyone. He, w- he wouldn't back down. He'd be the sort that, like, if someone started on him, he'd take his shirt off straight away and he'd get pinged and probably go down. But he'd be the lad that would keep getting up, even if his legs had gone and he's just, like, stumbling into someone. You just know he wouldn't give up at all, so... I quite like. Although in saying that, in t- talking about hard men, I reckon I reckon Bentaleb could probably handle himself as yeah, well. Yeah, Bentaleb looks like he's got a bit of mischief to him. Yeah, I reckon yeah. he's probably quite. Enough. Actually, Mason against Bentaleb that might be quite a good little fight. Even though they I seem think like they, good, I think it would mates. go much the same as their playing styles, though, wouldn't it? Bentaleb would be very measured and yeah, finesse and, fighter. Know, pace, yeah, yeah, pace the fight very well. Bit, bit Mayweather in all the right places. <laughs> Yeah, sort of. Yeah, yeah. One of them, one of them fights with his brains, and the other one doesn't. Um, yeah. I think it'd probably go along those same lines. One of them fights with brains, the other one fights with pie. That's wasn't it, Mason's really, first act in a Tottenham shirt was to square up to Ben Take, wasn't it, at Villa Park? <laughs> yeah, and get him sent off. What? I, I, I think that made him infinitely more popular. The moment that happened, we just, he, yeah, lovely bit of cynical. 
antagonism. That was great. And didn't he stamp on Jack Wilshere's head as well, the way at the Emirates? At all yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, not that we advocate that kind of thing on this podcast, of course. Um, if anyone's listening, that's of a weak disposition. Um, we we spent ten minutes talking about quite enjoying Charlie Adam being injured. That's so true. We, we do kind of advocate it. Hashtag it. Seb. Hashtag disgrace. Yeah. Alex Timperley can fuck off with that question. <laughs> Alex, typical city Timperley. And he keeps laughing at the fact that we're probably going to buy Jekko for twenty five million. He's just saying like that. That would just be such a Spurs move, and I can't even argue that to be honest, because it would be a very Spurs move to buy Jekko for twenty five million, and everyone would get excited and they'd be like, "Yeah, he hasn't been used properly at City," and then everyone would realise why he hasn't really been used properly at City. Um, it's a bit of a bet, Pavlyuchenko. I don't know. I don't like Jekko. Maybe you guys do. I love Pavlyuchenko. I, oh, God. No, I couldn't stand Pavlyuchenko. As, as a comedy figure. Okay. That no. was great. He, was, he, was he, so, he could pull off ridiculous finishes. He, like, some of his He could do anything he wanted with the football. But he, he just... He, by all accounts, <laughs> by, the time, by the time he left on, he still didn't speak English. Which is just such a tremendous amount of apathy towards his career. Uh, that just, he, he just um, didn't give a shit at all. He was... Uh, yeah, he wasn't a great professional. But he... Um, he could play. Um, let's okay. This is let's just do one serious question, and then we can put this one to bed. I reckon um, mm. we've had one from FM Hotspur who says, "Do you think Pochettino should try with a different setup for the last two games? Possibly three at the back, or Kane in the number ten role again? Three at the back with our centre halves. That's a good point. I mean, I you know, if, if, for the sake of you know giving us something new to talk about, why not? But I don't know. I, having Wrong and Fazio yeah, and Dyer would just it, yeah. yeah be it but I mean they, they struggle in a two with, with you know, <laughs> imagine creating more space around that three I mean it'd be terrifying without kind of the pace of the fullbacks to cover them no I don't wouldn't, wouldn't be desperate to see that I'd quite um, I'd quite like to see Lamella in the number 10 I'd quite like to see Ericsson maybe dropped or moved out to the wing I'd quite like to see Lamella play yeah, as a number 10 I'd, I'd like to yeah. see what he can do there to be honest he's our best attacking player at the moment He's um, he's our only attacking player at the moment, really. Everybody else has sort of um, is uh, yeah, declined so rapidly. But he he's he's playing really well, and I I'd like to see him just yeah operating in the middle of the pitch a little bit. I don't think that's his best position, but just as a curiosity. Did you know, by the way, just to take it back to the the last talking point that Pavlachenko's a um, city councillor for a pro Putin party yeah. in in Russia. <laughs> I did know that actually. Yeah. What would you say again? Pavlyuchenko. Yeah, he's like a city councillor. Um, I'm not sure in what capacity. Probably ceremonial, but he's an elected member of city council for a pro-Putin party in Russia. Uh, well, if his if his footballing is anything to go by, that he just sits in an office and probably smokes cigars all day. So you know, it's like it's the uh, United Russia party. He scored. I I, I mean, he. I know he's a he's a figure of fun, but he scored some. Oh yeah, do you remember goals. that free kick against Ruben Kazan where he just absolutely ratted it? And he young boys, that, young boys. The the goal against Wolves at Molyneux. He got a couple a against um, Birmingham to relegate them, which I always bring up um, to my yeah. Birmingham supporting friend. Yeah. And um, he got a couple as well in that. Uh, Burnley semi-final before we got beaten by Man United in the Carlin Cup final that year. Mm, Do you remember? Mm-hmm. I think it was a World Cup or a Euro qualifier when he absolutely fucking shattered. I think it was a, as well. a friendly beforehand, wasn't it? Oh, in um, 
Yeah, when he when he's yeah he did. He yeah. looked immense in that game as well. Though. It's just when he's bothered, yeah. wasn't it? He's very much a yeah. a Tom Huddleston type player. Where when he was bothered, he would score goals. Yeah. Do we, are we going to talk about football or should we just can it now, lads? What, what is it? Football, television, even anything to have you caught up on? I've I've kind of forgotten what's happened in Game of Thrones now because I watched it a month ago. But apparently, there's a new episode tonight, right? They've caught up with the streams now, and there's a there's another one now. I've there? been watching them on oh, a yeah. week by week basis. Um, uh, anyway, so I've um, I, I've it's quite fresh in my mind, but it is it's very odd. There's all sorts of as is the way with Game of Thrones, people dying left, right, and centre, and you're not knowing what quite what's happening. And these is what are they called the fairies of the harpy or whatever dancing around in masks and killing people. I don't like them. I really don't. It reminds me of uh, Eyes Wide Shut. Have you seen that? Uh, it's a pretty dark storyline, that one. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. Yeah. I don't... I don't yeah. Masks, I don't know. Those type of masks, like, they scare me. More than, like, monstrous masks. You know the kind of Michael Myers? <laughs> Michael Myers masks. That scares me ten times more than, like, the Scream mask or anything like that. I just don't like those expressionless... Oh, Black yeah, no, kind of, it's just, yeah. it's horrible. And that's why uh, Eyes Wide Shut used to just really give me the, I, I don't know. That, that's a film that got panned, but I always really liked that. Probably more for Kubrick's aesthetic than anything. That, that film couldn't have won, though, given it's given the build-up to it being released. Yeah. it was. It's just an unwinnable situation for Kubrick. I'm a bit of a Kubrick fanboy, though, as well, so. Um, I've got an agenda, as I do on most, <laughs> as I do on, as I do on most things. Um, that was the film that um, made Tom Cruise leave the Scientologists the first time, and then they sort of conspired to steal him away from Nicole Kidman after that, and that's why they, he dived in afterwards. Um, it's a re- that, that Going Clear documentary I said the other week, that, that's where I found that out, but it's yeah. really interesting, the sort of ways they infiltrate people's lives and sort of force them to stay in, or if they leave, then they're just pretty much uh, unrelenting in their ways of trying to ruin other people's lives. It's it's really, really quite grim. I um, if, if, if you get the chance, I watched a documentary on Netflix about um, the Bernie Madoff. Is it The World at War? Is it what? <laughs> Oh fuck off! <laughs> Every week. No, actually, I, I, I joke. Um, but um, me and Jack have been watching um, this. It's called uh, Adolf Hitler. Something about his charisma. Cult of charisma. charisma. Yeah, on uh, on iPlay, it's really really good. Um, like it, it's got some of the world's most dodgy Final Cut Pro VFX going on. Um, so awful. Yeah, somebody's six, so somebody's awful. six so form project. Awful. But the the stock footage and things that they have is really interesting. If you ignore the way in which it's been put together, the 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 stock footage of him speaking and and some of the people talking about him and the way in which he he, he treat other people around him is is very interesting. It's you know it's, it's on yeah yeah it's, a, it? it's got two parts at the minute, but I'm not sure how many more it's going to have. But it's it's it, you won't learn anything, but it, it offers you a you know footage of what went on that you perhaps wouldn't have seen otherwise, which is um, always really interesting. Anyway, what I was going to say before you um, you snarked me, um, it, yeah, there's a, a documentary called uh, Chasing Madoff, which is basically about um, the obviously the, the, the Bernie Madoff Ponzi scandal. Um, and it's about this sort of small finance firm who kind of were the driving force behind tracking him down and... and um, and well, at least trying to track him down. And it's—I won't spoil it, but watch it because it's—it's. I, I know nothing about finance, and you know about fifty percent of um, 
of that film left me with a sort of blank expression on my face uh with a confused look um and um it's kind of like that it's, Enron, the smartest guys in the room documentary which is no it's better than that really? it's, it's okay. much more interesting it's um but yeah just just give it a watch if, you, if you've got a spare hour and a half in the next week or so um it's on Netflix. I've been uh, I've been watching and rewatching um, Curb Your Enthusiasm this week. Um, it's oh, just it's yeah. one of my favourites ever. I think it's perhaps between that and the thick of it are maybe my favourite um, sitcoms. Um, but it's just oh, I still cringe now having seen it three or four times every episode. I'm halfway through the second season again now, but it is some of the most perfect television ever, Larry David. I've just finished watching. Oh, the episode with the doll where he cuts the doll's hair, and that is amazing. Um, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's always fantastic. So if you if you've never seen that before, um, you, you just find it somewhere and and sit there for eight seasons and eighty. What no, it won't be about forty hours worth of TV, and it's absolutely amazing. Do you ever watch it, Jack? Yeah, I was going to say one of my favourites is the one with the pharmacist's note when he. Uh... When he can't read pharmac- doctor's writing, and they're like, "Who can read, you know, doctor's writing?" Pharmacists, and it turns out, you know, he gets like this black pharmacist to read, basically like some racist woman's note. <laughs> she's, she's dating like this doctor, and she's written him a love letter, so on and so forth. It's very, very, very funny. It's very good. Um, but no, I stopped. I it, it, not for any conscious reason, purely just because I didn't get around to watching it. I stopped watching, I think it's the end of series six, when him and his wife actually get back together again. So they kind of, they end the series watching television together after they've kind of like, she's gone off, he's, he was seeing that other woman for a while. And then uh, they kind of, they're they're back together watching TV. I think it's the end of series six. Uh, So I haven't watched him and his wife though in the TV show are as bad as each other. The things that she makes him do in some of the earlier on season, Uh, that episode with the, the wire in the back garden where they keep having to call Julia Louis Dreyfus to go over to the lawyer's house (laughs) to get him to meet her. (laughs) And he's lost his notebook and stuff. It's just the most, like the storylines of things that like, there's so many different threads that happen throughout it, and once you've watched it, you know that at some point they're all going to be pulled as hard as possible at exactly the same time. And when it happens, you, you're inevitably just sat there watching it through your fingers. It is oh, always hilarious. I mean, I, th- I just I, I love the fact he, he captures that like neurosis of like men of his age so perfectly. Because well, I watch it, and there's so much like the way he kind of moans on at people about stuff i just see so much of like my own dad like my dad isn't exactly like that but there are certain just facets of that character that i see in my own father so much like just little things like you know how he doesn't like the elastic around his his jumper sleeve cuffs being stretched so he, he gets really pissed off when his mate borrows his jumper and rolls the sleeves up to the elbow because now <laughs> when he pulls the sleeves back down the cuff <laughs> is there and he just spends the whole episode resenting his friend because like these sleeve cuffs have been stretched just i don't know little things like that i just you remember, you remember the um the, the bit in uh, i think the story is one where he he's um he's at a driving range and he um he sees the guys wearing the... what where he doesn't pick the ball up when it's dropped behind him yeah because he's got that um he sees the guy with the the hat which has that tie under yeah. the chin but I, yeah it's it's but it, and then it's they meet of... at the dinner party later on yeah <laughs> 
There is it is little throwaway moments like that that just come back at yeah. him later on. That is the, where he um, he the episode. I think it's another episode where he has a, a, a prescription for his wife because she's got um, she's got uh, some sort of skin um, complaint. And he's trying to tip a uh, maitre d' at the front of a restaurant to get in at a table half an hour or so early or something. <laughs> Instead of giving him money, he gives him his wife's prescription uh, by accident because it's folded up in his pocket. And then they they conspire to go to this black man he's offended earlier. And there's a room entirely of all of his black friends. And then there's this other woman that he's offended before and she thinks he's not giving her some work because she's black and he's just convinced the entire room that he's not a racist and he's getting on with them. And she stumbles around the corner and goes, oh, he is the racist. <laughs> and it's just the next scene is him and his wife sat in the car and she's looking at him while she's scratching her arm. <laughs> it's, uh, oh, God, he's so good. Right. Shereen, let's kill it now. Done. Yeah. Done. It's got all a bit end of season, this, it hasn't has, it? It has. So if you do want to listen to any previous episodes of Royal Rouge Podcast, listen to episode 26, perhaps, even if it's just for the Ledley King intro, if it's inspired you this this time. Have a little listen back. It's nice. Um, you can do so on iTunes or on SpursStatman.com. Um, you can also find lots of top-themed writing there. Um, keep keep your articles coming in, too to the Spurs Statman website as well if you're, if you're a budding writer. Get on that. Um, the end of the season doesn't mean it should be the end of your writing aspiration. Yeah, pep talk. Uh, <laughs> shut up and get on with it. Um, you can follow the bossman JP at Spurs Statman. You can also follow us at RTRSSM. Um, that's it. We're going to play whole. We're going to beat them 2-0. Come on, you Spurs. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.